This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Hello, America. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here, the aftermath of the poop show in Milwaukee. Oh, do I have lots to say about that. And of course, the fourth arrest of President Trump coming later today. Uh, The phone number here, if you want to share your thoughts on last night's uh, well-watched debate, 877-973-7425. I got to say out of the gate, I know how this works. And I I want you to know I I understand intuitively your favorite candidate won the debate last night. And the candidate you despise the most, well, he he lost. I I, I know how it works. I don't don't want to disagree with you at all. Your candidate won. You, You know he won. You feel it in your bones. Your candidate won. He or she had a stellar performance. You're right. Absolutely. You are right. And that SOB you hate, well, that that candidate went down in flames. I, I, I'm, I've been around the block. I, I know how this works. I will tell you what I think of the debate. I'm going to go bouncing back and forth across the stage from worst polling to best. So, We'll start with Asa Hutchinson. You know, I had all of these candidates at my forum where I feel like we learned more about them with 45 minutes apiece uh, other than Burgum and Hutchinson. I kind of regret now not asking Burgum to come. Hutchinson, though, was like the ugly girl at a spin-the-bottle contest who got a sympathetic kiss. That thats I mean, nobody wanted to go to Asa Hutchinson for anything, but they felt obliged to, so he didn't feel bad wasting his time. I don't understand why Asa Hutchinson is running. I really don't. Uh, he didn't have any stellar shining moments. Uh, he he was just there. Uh, I don't I don't know. I I just I I don't get it. I I really genuinely don't get other than he must have one hell of an ego. I mean, if you're in that position, you're on that stage. You contribute very little. Your polling is rock bottom. You're struggling financially. Uh, you must have one heck of a massive ego to be on that stage and to think that these other candidates can't do what you're doing. I mean. Uh, for Pete's sake, he could just just endorse Chris Christie and drop out tomorrow, and people would forget he was even a candidate. A lot of my friends who know Doug Burgum said he's going to surprise you. He, he's he's going to surprise you, and he did. He actually had some good, reasonable answers on a host of things. Well, first of all, I'm a pro-life governor of a very pro-life state. And this issue is, of course, very important, but I am on the record and I stand behind 
that we should not have a federal abortion ban. He wants states' rights. That's what Doug Burgum wants. He, he pulled out his pocket constitution. He was the only guy on stage to pull out a pocket constitution. And by the way, can I note that, uh, did, was there a memo? Was there a dress code? All of the men were told, Navy suits, red ties, because they all were. Nikki Haley uh, stood out on stage just by not being in a Navy suit with a red tie. Burgum gave good answers. And he was probably on painkillers. And, and he tore his Achilles uh, tendon in a basketball game that morning. So good for him for being there. Chris Christie had good answers. And he gave the business to Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, and uh, a lot of people that resonated with, uh, we'll get to Vivek here in a minute, but Christie gave him the business, uh, went after Trump too for character and, and performance beneath the dignity of the office. I don't think that helps him with the Republican primary voter though. Look, I, I understand Chris Christie wants to be president. He doesn't just want to beat up Donald Trump. Um, I, I don't know how he connects in that way. And, and I like the guy. I, 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 I mean, the number of people when he was with me on stage in Atlanta, the number of people who left that conversation and were stunned that they actually agreed with Chris Christie about pretty much everything he said, let alone half of what he said, including education. That was his best moment last night. They asked him the stupid UFO question. He mocked them for asking a UFO question and pivoted to teachers unions are the bigger threat to this country, the biggest threat, not UFOs. That was good for him. He, he had a good moment, and of course, my gosh, did he uh, go after Vivek. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT. ChatGPT, and then accused him of, of stealing lines from Barack Obama, which, by the way, Vivek objectively plagiarized Barack Obama last night. Uh, just, just, again, the, the full Christie context here. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. And the last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama. And I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur standing on stage tonight. Boy, none of them really liked him. No, no, no. I, I, I'm telling you the truth. Listen to this. Who the heck is this skinny guy with a funny last name? And what the heck is he doing in the middle of this debate stage? Of a skinny kid with a funny name. Listen, now that everybody's gotten their memorized, pre-prepared slogans out of the way, we can actually have a real discussion. I mean, it, it's he used exactly Barack Obama's line. Now, that was Christie was wrong. It wasn't in a debate. It was at the Democratic National Convention. Skinny kid with a funny last name. Uh, he also stole a line from Ted Cruz in 2016 on education, among other things. But, I mean, Christie, he, Christie was there to level haymakers, and he did so. He didn't go after DeSantis, which surprised people. Tim Scott, I think, had a weak performance. I do. I, I think Tim Scott, and I like Tim Scott a ton, I think he had a very weak performance. He wasn't aggressive on stage. And this has been, and he played into the concerns that people have about him, that he is too nice, that he's not forceful enough, and he wasn't on stage forceful enough last night. And being a slow-talking Southerner, the it worked against him in the format with one minute. And, and he, he got a good laugh out of the crowd at one point where – he was dinged and said he's slow and then dinged again uh, while trying to tell people that he does talk slow. It was funny, but also it kind of 
like perpetuated this idea that he's just too nice and that he's not assertive enough. Uh, he's going to have to work on that. He needs some stronger debate prep. He'll make it to the next debate given his polling and fundraising, but he needs to be more assertive. Mike Pence. Pence really Pence spoke more than anyone else. CNN compiled a graphic of last night. Uh, who spoke the longest? Mike Pence, 12 minutes, 26 seconds. Vivek, 11 minutes, 38 seconds. Chris Christie, 11 minutes, 37 seconds. Ron DeSantis, 10 minutes, 1 second. Nikki Haley, 820. Tim Scott, 757. Doug Burgum, 750. Uh, Asa Hutchinson, 724. Mike Pence inserted himself throughout the debate so much at one point. Brett Barris said, Mr. Vice President, no one's called on you. No one's mentioned you. we got to move on to someone else. Pence wanted to chime in on everything. His assertiveness helps him, but I don't know what it gets him. And this is my frustration. I genuinely like Mike Pence. And I thought Pence had a good debate performance. He was more energetic on that debate stage last night than he was at my conference. He said some of the same things. He's kind of got a cadence and a pattern and says similar things. I put my hand on Ronald Reagan's Bible. I pledge, so help me God to preserve and protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. And that's what I did on January 6th. And and we hear that. But my goodness, did he go after Vivek. Don't have an identity crisis, Vivek. We're not looking for a new national identity. The American people are the most faith-filled, freedom-loving, idealistic, hardworking people the world has ever known. We just need government as good as our people. And he said we don't need on-the-job training. Uh, we don't need a guy, novice, with on-the-job training like Vivek. He clearly did not like Vivek Ramaswamy. Neither did Chris Christie. It was, it was notable. Um, neither did neither did Nikki Haley. And, you know, yeah. Um, so that gets me to Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley, I think, probably had a strong enough performance that a lot of people, and in fact, a lot of people are talking about her today. She had a very, very strong performance at that debate. She had some very strong lines, um, and you know, like this one. Brett, I think we're all pro-life, but Thank what you. I would love is for someone to ask Biden and Kamala Harris, are they for 38 weeks? Are they for 39 weeks? Are they for 40 weeks? Because that's what the media needs to be asked. She did. She had tremendous lines, um, and she battled Vivek. That one got, uh, that one got intense. She said he would hand Ukraine to Russia and Taiwan to China. And she's not wrong. That actually is Vivek's policy. Uh, and she, he also wants to uh, disengage our military alliance with Israel, which she called him out on. She had a strong, strong performance. Uh, I think she resonated with women, particularly on the abortion issue, that she's pro-life, but it can't pass the Senate. You don't have 60 or 70 votes in the Senate, uh, so you can't get past the filibuster. Uh, she made good tr uh, practical sense on that. I think Mike Pence's answer for the pro-life community is a much stronger answer for pro-life support. But I think she did good. I, I actually, I was, I think that Haley probably had the strongest performance on stage. Then there's Vivek. Uh, Vivek is going to get a lot of buzz. The CNN focus group, the people CNN got together. Uh, they really like Vivek Ramaswamy, and they like his performance on that stage a ton. Uh, but there's a there are a couple problems with that. Let me let me go through here first. Here's what I want to ask you about: Who you thought did the best during this debate? Basically, who do you think won the debate? I'm going to do it in alphabetical order to be fair. Anyone think Doug Burgum did the best? That's zero. Anyone think Chris Christie did the best? He certainly got most of the airtime. 
a lot of the airtime, not most of the airtime. How about Ron DeSantis? How many of you think Ron DeSantis is the best? That's two people. How about Nikki Haley? One, two, three, four people. Asa Hutchinson? Mike Pence? Zero. Vivek Ramaswamy? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Tim Scott? Okay, so this panel here thinks Ramaswamy won the debate. Tell me why you think he won. Here's what I want to ask now, about. The Fox News panel had essentially that Ron DeSantis won the debate. Uh, Vivek, I think, strategically has hurt himself. Let, let me just follow this out with you. He said on stage that uh, the greatest president of the 21st century is Donald Trump. No one then asked him, why then are you running for president? It was pretty clear on stage last night that he's not actually running for president. He's running as a proxy or maybe a potential vice presidential pick for Donald Trump. He was there to attack all the other candidates, has bought and paid for and the like. Um, he wasn't really running for president. He, he, I mean, you can't say you're authentically running for president when you think the greatest president of our time is Donald Trump and he's running for president. You're, you're essentially admitting you're not running for president. You're running to be the pot stirrer on his behalf. That opens him to his record. Like, for example, he said on stage last night, and a lot of my friends loved it, that climate change is a hoax. Just listen to this. Uh, so you get a sense of the problems that he's opened himself up to. This is him last night versus him five months ago. Climate change agenda is a hoax. Climate change is also real. Mm -hmm. I'm not denying the under reality of the underlying reality that global surface temperatures are going up and in part due to human activity. Climate last night it was climate change is a hoax. And five months ago, it was climate change is real in part due to man-made activity. Uh, he's got these copious contradictions. Last year, he praised Mike Pence and said Mike Pence did the right thing on January 6th. Last night, he didn't want to answer the question. And today gave a very muddled answer that he would have tried to find a third way. Uh, he's going to have to deal with these contradictions. And the others on the stage aren't going to let him get away with it because they very clearly do not like the guy. Now, here's the fundamental problem for Vivek Ramaswamy. The people who love his performance, including those of you listening right now, the people who loved his performance last night, y'all are already voting for Donald Trump. That's his problem. Y'all are already voting for Donald Trump. So who is he going to pull away from by attacking the other candidates as bought and paid for and engaging in these deep contradictions, including having taken a Soros-funded scholarship, which will come out? I mean, the Trump team has attacked Ron DeSantis, claiming he's bought and paid for by George Soros. It's not true. Vivek Ramaswamy went to law school, courtesy of George Soros. That's true. That's actually true. These things are going to come back on him now by these other candidates because he attacked them so aggressively. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Happy to get you to chime in on the debate as well. I didn't mention in the first segment Ron DeSantis. I wanted to get through the other candidates in order back and forth across stage from worst polling to highest polling. And that gets us to DeSantis, who I think gets a rebound out of this. He No one laid a glove on him. Uh, there was one attack on him from Nikki Haley. He deflected it on uh, the debt ceiling issue from when he was in Congress. Nobody else, uh, Vivek, tried to say, uh, do you want a, 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 a super PAC puppet? Um, 
and that was more aimed at, at Mike Pence even than to DeSantis. DeSantis looked literally he on the climate change thing. He refused to raise his hand and gave the business to Brett Bear for treating them like they were in kindergarten. He had a very, very strong commanding answer on the um, on the border. It was one that echoed um, with a lot of people on social media and also DeSantis talking about firing district attorneys who were George Soros funded for not having done their job to, to make streets safe. He answered questions. He stayed above the fray. He looked leaderly. He didn't talk as much as Pence or, or Vivek or even Chris Christie for that matter. But when he spoke, he made solid points, and that reassures his his big and small donors. That buys him a lifeline, and with the pile on Vive uh, that was uh, last night on the stage and that is about to happen from all of these candidates, it gets him an opportunity to rebound. He has got, though, to pursue a more personal message and biography. The number of people who did not realize he had served with SEALs in Iraq. He was not a SEAL. He was a SEAL lawyer, but he had to go into the combat zones with them. He's got stories to tell that he doesn't tell. He's got stories to tell about his wife and her battle with breast cancer. He's got to humanize himself. People know he's anti-woke. People know he's a culture warrior. They need to hear about his pocketbook messages. They need to hear he's a dad and a husband and a... um, a veteran who signed up after 9-11, they got to hear the bio on DeSantis now. He's got an opportunity to pivot. Uh, He needs to capitalize on a debate performance where the other candidates largely left him alone and focused on Vivek. We'll see if he can do that. What of Donald Trump last night with Tucker Carlson? We will get into that here in a little bit. Uh, When we come back, take your phone calls as well, 877-973-973. 7425. Right now, I got to tell you about Vision Computers because if you go to visioncomputers.com or call them at 404 Compute, they can save you some money on hardware, software. They can save you money on tech support. Vision can build your computers for you. They can build laptops and desktops. They can build what you need and want, not just the generic big box store product. And then they can be your IT support. So if you've got a law firm, you got a doctor's office, dental office, an electrician's office, you, you name it, you got an office, small business, you need computers for yourself and your employees and you can't afford IT support and you don't want to be IT, Vision Computers can serve it for you. They can give you a phone number that the employees can call or your kids can call if there's a computer problem at home and they will navigate them through the problems and they actually answer the phone. So give them a call today, 404-COMPUTE. Tell them I sent you. Ask about the Eric Erickson special. You can save some more money, visioncomputers.com. But you got to call them to ask about the Eric Erickson special. And listen, this is nationwide. They're in Atlanta, Georgia, but they help people all over the country, all 50 states, 404 Compute, save some money and get world-class award-winning technical support. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. I would like to take your phone calls. Um, One thing that I want to say before I take your phone calls that I want to give appropriate context to this. As you all know, Donald Trump was not on the debate stage last night. In fact, there was a rumor circulated that Fox may play clips of Donald Trump and have the candidates respond the candidates reacted somewhat viscerally to that, and Fox did not do that. Trump instead sat down with Tucker Carlson. It is, I think, extremely, extremely notable that no one is talking about it today. Uh, the, the I saw one person in Washington said he was very subdued and seemed tired. He wasn't aggressive. 
He's showing his age, and he has been, I think, lately showing his age with all the stress of the indictments and arrests. But what people are saying is, oh, my gosh, it's under 200, 500 billion jillion views on Twitter. Here's what you got to understand about this. And, again, keep in mind, the number of views, 100 million, 200 million, whatever it is now, is notable in that nobody's talking about it. The way Twitter does a view is if the video, half of the video, only half of the video, appears on your screen for three seconds or less. No, three seconds, not not or less. It's got to be three seconds or longer. If half of the video appears on the screen for three seconds without sound, Twitter counts it as a view. Contrast this with YouTube, where you've got to have 30 seconds of the video playing for it to count as a view. When you hear people say Donald Trump got an extraordinary amount of views, 100 million, 200 million, whatever it is, what they're really saying is that three seconds of the video was seen in part on Twitter without sound by that many people. And by the way, every time it is retweeted, it's considered a view. So if it's retweeted into your timeline and you only see it for a second, that also is a view. What's notable is that for a video that purports to have 100 to 200 million viewers, no one is talking about it. They're all talking about the debate. You can say Donald Trump won the debate, but don't say that everybody's went to see him instead because it's simply not true, and we know it by the lack of conversation about it. Now, to the phones we go, 877-973-7425. Bob, you're going to be up first. Welcome. Good afternoon, Eric. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, um, I was listening to your comments earlier, and, um, of course, I hold, hold you in high rec- um um, credibility, so to speak. And when you're playing the clip about Vivek on the climate change, if you notice, he says climate change agenda. So he's not denying that climate change isn't existing. He's, or that climate change is a hoax. He's stating that the agenda is a hoax. That's a, okay. Hang, hang on a second. Most um, people agree with. Yeah, yeah, look, I agree with that too. I I let me go back to the clip because yeah, I I thought he said climate change, which is good. That is a big difference. Let's see. Um no, that's the Barack Obama one. Let's see. Um yeah, here we go cuz you know everybody was talking over him and that's a good good catch on your part. Look. Climate change agenda is a hoax. Climate change agenda is a hoax. Okay. Yes, and he's right on that. He is. Um so now okay. But here's the thing, though, because you can also say, because he's kind of owned afterwards that it, climate change is a hoax, can he be accused of being too clever by half? Because um, I agree, climate change agenda is a hoax. In fact, a buddy of mine who is a uh, climatologist, meteorologist pointed out, yeah, that like the battery-powered cars and stuff, total hoax, so he's sure. right. Um, but I guess if he's leaving the impression with people that he, th- and he probably ought to come out and reiterate that, uh, that he thinks the agenda is a hoax, uh, and explain well, that, and he's good on that. Other than I haven't seen anybody or or read anybody anywhere that what you are stating. Um, but now, can I ask you another question too on yeah. the, the debate last night? Sure. Did the RNC have to sign off 
on with Fox News. I thought Fox News did an absolutely horrible job. If you need two people to read one question and you got to bounce that question back and forth. I mean, Look, it seemed to they, me like the production was more for Fox News than it was for an actual debate. Uh, okay. And like so you I mentioned with the crowd. I mean, there were a lot of things I couldn't hear. Yes. Because of the crowd. Well, I mean, it's like this this clip of Vivek that you just pointed out. Yeah, with the crowd talking over him. Uh, I, I don't think they should have had a crowd. Here here were the ground rules that the RNC helped set. That is, each of the candidates got to have 120 people in the crowd. Uh, so each candidate got to bring in 120 of their core supporters. Um, I, I think Brett Baer and Martha McCallum did as good a job as possible hurting the cats as possible. But, like, Bob, I can't play any more audio from the debate. I've got more clips I want to play. And I'm not exactly. allowed to play anymore. Because Fox will only let anybody else play no more than three minutes of audio, and I've maxed out now uh, three minutes of audio. I, I I literally cannot play any more of what I want to play about the debate. They won't let me. But, um, but and the that, RNC that's a problem. had to agree with that, correct? Uh, the RNC did not have to agree with the broadcast rules. The RNC could have, however, put pressure on Fox to change them, and they chose not to. I see. Yeah, that's the problem. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, Bob, and good yeah. catch on that. That it's the 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 agenda, climate change agenda. Eddie, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Thank you, first of all, for uh, watching the debate, so we didn't have to. <laughs> it was an excuse to sit on the porch and have bourbon and cigars. Let's be honest. There you go. Um, my question is this: I did watch Tucker interviewing President Trump, and President Trump, he said basically that. He asked Mike Pence to send the electorate back to the legislature, the Georgia legislature. And that Trump, not Trump, but Pence was advised by Democrats and moderates that he couldn't do it. And then after the fact, President Trump asked if he had the right to do it and was told that he did. Oh, okay. This one is a little more nuanced and complicated. Um, so Mike Pence unilaterally cannot send the electors back to the states. Um, what most constitutional scholars agree is that it would require a vote to do it because everything in the Senate requires a, a vote. Uh, he's the president of the Senate and everything in the Senate requires a vote. Uh, so Pence could not unilaterally do that. And, and his point mm -hmm. is that if he could unilaterally do it, Kamala Harris could also unilaterally do it. Um, and, and you shouldn't think that the founders would allow one man the power to reject electors as opposed to the Senate. Um, I actually agree with Pence on this one. And most constitutional scholars, other than John Eastman, do as well. Um, the parliamentarian of the Senate uh, said as much. Vice President Dan Quayle came out and defended Pence and said uh, that the historic understanding is, is the vice president actually is perfunctory and ceremonial in the role. Um, I mean, pretty much every vice president who's alive has come out and said that he doesn't have the power to do it. And, and So are you um, saying that, that it's something that he could have done and just isn't the right thing to do? No, 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 no. I, what I'm saying is if Pence had rejected, uh, because what the, what the Constitution says is the votes shall be counted. Um, so if Pence were to unilaterally say, I'm not accepting these uh, electors from the states, I'm going to send them back. That Pence is taking a job that is ceremonial and turning it into a job of action. And mm -hmm. the Constitution says that those electoral votes shall be counted. 
And under the rules of the Senate and the House, when that happens, the only way to reject them is for a member of the House and a member of the Senate to raise an objection and there be a vote. Um, Pence unilaterally isn't allowed to do anything as president of the Senate. So I, I, I hope that makes sense for Yeti. Um, he's unilaterally not allowed to do anything. The Constitution says the votes, the Electoral College votes, shall be counted. Pence, if he were to just think about this, just pull, pull Trump Pence out of it for a minute. If you agree with the argument, then you're agreeing that Kamala Harris could unilaterally reject Electoral College votes. For any, any reason she deems suspicious, she could reject them. It's never been done in American history. If you know anything about the founders and the founding of the, of the government and the Constitution, the founders wanted to avoid a dictator. You can't have one person unilaterally obstruct an election. Uh, so, of course, he doesn't have the power. Uh, all right, uh, Stan, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Yes, Eric, uh, longtime listener, and um, I just wanted to say that uh, I think the person that gained the most ground last night was Vec, um, mm-hmm. for someone that started out as with a campaign of less than 0.1%. Mm-hmm. He has obviously, I think, in my opinion, now in the top three. Uh, DeSantis played it safe. And um, I would say Nikki Haley is just giving uh, giving off, um, you know, like she's a brown-eyed Hillary Clinton. You know, when I hear her talking about we need to be there, we need to be there for everybody, I feel like she just – one of the uni party John Bolton types that just let's go to war wherever we can, because she was one of the big ones that tried to push Trump back uh, back in 2017 to bomb Syria. Whenever no one has really known who, if, if uh, Bashar al-Assad, uh, you know, chemically gassed his people, or if that was ISIS at the time. I just mm-hmm. find her as one of the you know neocon war military industrial type complex candidates you know okay so what what you're saying and and i've i've said now for a while i i thought she had a good performance last night but this what you're saying is part of the problem is i think the party base voters right now are more where you are than where she is and how she threads that needle is very difficult and i don't know that she can and and you're right about vivek uh he had a strong performance last night he spoke more than anyone other than Mike Pence. Uh, with Trump voters, he really resonated. Marjorie Taylor Greene is out defending him today. Uh, I do think, though, that his strong performance opens him up now to more attacks because he does have a lot of deeply contradictory statements he's made in just the past year, whether it's on Mike Pence or the environment or even tax policy. Correct. People are now circulating from just about six months ago. He called for 100% wealth confiscation estate tax. Um, so he's going to, he's going to be in the fire now. I suspect he can withstand it, but at the end of the day, here's here, I think is the ultimate problem for Vivek. And I don't think he cares because I really did come away with the sense last night. He's actually running to be Trump's vice president. He's not running for president because how do you say Trump is the greatest president of the 21st century and you're running against him unless you're not really running against him. Um, so the problem is Vivek. His support comes from Trump supporters, and where does he go to expand beyond that? He, it, it, if he goes on like this, he continues to show himself to actually be a surrogate for Trump on the debate stage. And if that's the case, I don't know how far he goes um, before the wheels start coming off in favor of Trump. But him there taking fire for Trump and 
drawing and sending and, and shooting out fire at the candidates on behalf of Trump. That's something Trump's going to reward, you know, and let's not forget he's still the dominant person of the party and the person ahead in the polls right now. And I don't know that the debate last night, as much as uh, a Nikki Haley or a Ron DeSantis or, or even a Vivek got favorable attention from people, I don't know that it really actually changes the trajectory of the race. Here's Ari Fleischer on Fox. Neutral voice in here. What do you say, Ari? Yeah. And I am neutral. My job here is to tell you what I see and just call it as I see it. And I thought Ron DeSantis had the strongest night of any of the candidates on stage. He did it with his answer on lockdowns, reminding people that Florida opened early when it was controversial to do so. He did it with his answer about use of force involving Mexico and drugs. And he did it about focusing on the future instead of the past. So I thought DeSantis was real good. And here's Brian Kilmeade on Fox and Friends. Once Russia takes Ukraine, Poland and the Baltics are next. That's a world war. We're trying to prevent war. Look at what Putin did today. He killed Pergozin. When I was at the UN, the Russian ambassador suddenly died. This guy is a murderer. And you are choosing a murderer over a pro-American country. I wish you well in your future career on the boards of Lockheed and Raytheon. You know, I'm not on but the, the board. Fa- okay, let me address that. that. I'm glad you, you brought that up. Go and give you I'm going to address that. So the reality is, America less if you have no foreign me, policy experience, and it shows. And you know what? It shows. Well, that was supposed to be the clip of Brian Kilmeade, and instead, it's the clip of Nikki Haley. Um, Brian Kilmeade saying he thinks that Nikki Haley had the strongest performance last night. So. Uh, interesting juxtaposition there between all the candidates uh, and the commentary. And again, your favorite candidate won. The guy you hate the most lost. I know how the game is played. Now, I want you to go to Patriot Mobile and move your cell service to them. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You move your service to Patriot Mobile. And guess what? You get guaranteed great service using the same cell towers people are already using. Uh, it just works. It, and they give a portion of their profits to the conservative causes you care about. As they grow their profits, they grow their giving to the conservative movement. It's patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You can also call them uh, 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation, and you're doing business with a, a company that cares about your values and funds the causes you care about. Patriotmobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. This are the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, if your business is growing and you want to keep it growing, First Liberty might be able to help you. If you need $250,000 or more to buy a building, build a building, buy a franchise or something like that, reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. Y'all, I want to play you Fox News real quick, just, just briefly. Um, And as I said, I can only play three minutes of total debate audio. Fox won't let other media outlets do more than that. And I'm right at the line, hoping I haven't crossed the line. Um, But this is something entirely different. These are from the Fox News focus group. These are voters, swing voters from Wisconsin. So you you came in undecided with the maybe toward Nikki Haley, and you're all about Vivek now. I am all about, I was all about Vivek, but you know what? After watching the debate, I do have to agree with some other members on the panel. I think the strongest performer in terms of who will do well in the general election, who will do well with the most Republicans is actually Ron DeSantis. I think he has the experience. I think the work was done for him before he walked into the debate. He had an answer for the the natural, natural disasters that are happening, the tough on crime policies that he has to enact, that he's already enacted, that he can prove to all the viewers and all the Republicans who 
were maybe undecided. I think that was perhaps solidified last night. I just don't think Vivek so has the So you experience. have a battle of the heart and the mind. <laughs> I think the mind has to. I think the mind has to be the one that wins that one. So okay. there's my answer. All right. right. And Ed, yes, to I'm you, doing. I know that you, you sent us a few notes beforehand. And I just want to get from you your overall takeaway. My overall takeaway: I think everybody on that stage did a great job. Okay. Um, Governor Burgum did a phenomenal job. I really liked how he illustrated and, and fo focused on policy regarding foreign policy with China, Russia. Um, Christie even came across really good, except when he started going back to these schoolyard bully antics. Not a fan of that. Mike Pence, again, phenomenal statesman. But at the end of the day, I looked at two people. I'm still more leaning toward Ramaswamy. I like what he had to say. But DeSantis, really, when you looked at what he had to do last night, DeSantis didn't have to win. He just needed to survive the debate. But he came across as charismatic. He came across a strong character, projected strength and confidence. And to me, that was, that was a big takeaway. We still got 11 months before the, the primary vote. That's a lifetime. Yeah. Um, good numbers. Uh, one people switching, uh, one person switching from Haley to DeSantis. Most of the others saying DeSantis did what he needed to do. They were curious how he would perform. He performed well. Um, and of course, lots of buzz for Vivek as well. Uh, the others on the stage, like Doug Burgum, I just, how do you, now he's doing okay in New Hampshire in the polling. So is Chris Christie, but you got to get out of Iowa and you got to do South Carolina. And he, he doesn't have a pulse in either of those. He can spend his own money to try to make it happen, but I think it's going to be tough. All right, when we come back, uh, a lot of you want to chime in on last night's Fox News debate, the full number, 877-973-7425. I will take your comments. I've got more on some of the things said on the debate stage, but I can't play any more audio or Fox will get mad at me. So we'll just talk to you instead.